94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. It is time to bring in the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Hawaii, uh, Dr. Josh Green. I'm going to try not to cough up a lung here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I apologize, Lieutenant Governor. Something I, went wrong the wrong <laughs> Yeah, I, I drank but something. But the Lieutenant Governor the is a doctor, so maybe he can I know, right? <laughs> it's, if only you were here in person. <laughs> yes, I'd be happy uh, to help you. It's, and remember, everyone, when you hear coughing um, from the esteemed uh, Devin, that does not mean that he's coughing COVID. No, no he's not. No. He's not. His wonderful partner. It means that he's got an upper respiratory tract infection, probably routine one, that is a cold. Yeah. No, it is a it is a it is a power aid problem. Yeah, he has a, dr- he has a drinking problem. <laughs> I got all excited that you were calling. <laughs> Something's gone wrong down the wrong pipe, but we're happy to have you here. Good morning, uh, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning. Yeah, sorry that we're going to lose Devin. For I know, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, this is one well, way to, to make uh, Sunway lead everything. Uh, so, Lieutenant Governor. Uh, we're at yes. what, like a hundred something infections per day. I mean, it's it's been really good. So, uh, yeah. so. yes. So look, it, it's actually um, it kind of what's going on here with us in the first minutes of our show underscores the reality of things, which is we are moving back towards normal and normal issues, and we won't have to look at numbers. We will be under a hundred individuals in the hospital with COVID uh, for the first time in a long time in wow. a couple months, and that that tells you that we are on track in the right way as we see the end of the emergency proclamation on March 25th. We're on track to begin to get rid of all restrictions, still make good decisions. If a person is unvaccinated or they're worried, uh, it will be still smart to toss on a mask when you're indoors or if you're out shopping and you know, you're not certain whether or not people around you could have a low likelihood, but still a possibility of infection. But we're moving really rapidly to the right spot. And I did some analytics for you guys over the last day or two. We've been seeing a two-thirds drop in cases every two weeks. So, you know, 67% down every uh, two weeks and 50% drop in hospitalizations every two weeks. Uh, that's because that lags a little bit after the, you know, after the infection. So if we are at around 100 people in the hospital today, which is true, mm-hmm. probably going to be more like about 90, we should expect that when we speak next week, we will be uh, – We'll be dropping, and then over the two-week cycle, we'll get down to, I'd say, under 45. And then by the time the emergency proclamation is due to end, we should be back down to almost no one in the hospital, down in the 20s. And that fortunately coincides with the time to get rid of restrictions. So I hope that people see that there's been a method to the madness, and I just appreciate everyone being so thoughtful and patient and trying to be safe as we go through this together. Okay, thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green, joining us here. But you know, uh, people are starting to to ask about the mask mandate stuff. Uh, I mean, are, are, is this an external pressure thing that we're getting? Because the the media loves talking about the fact that Hawaii is one of the few people that still has. Well, a mask. also the CDC is going to yeah, and the that, CDC yeah. is going to make a recommendation. So, exactly. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. So, uh, we are we are the 50th state to drop it. We also, remember, have the consideration of both East and West cases, and that was always a consideration for the governor. Mm-hmm. I do think it will be safe as we, you know, as we see all of these uh, restrictions and, and resources and everything kind of telescoping to that March 25th date. That does make sense as the time to uh, just go back to healthcare guidance and give people guidance on where their risk is. For example, I think the mask mandate should go away at that time, 
and should be replaced with good health care guidance. So if an individual is in the high-risk categories, which is to say they are a kupuna with either immune compromise or chronic disease, it's, it's smart to still wear a mask indoors around others, especially if it's been a, a significant amount of time since their booster uh, or if a person chose not to get vaccinated in that category, as opposed to someone who is fully immune, younger, no health problems, when we have a very low viral load in society, it won't be necessary any, any longer to wear a mask anywhere. And that healthcare guidance is meant to be specific, and it can be. It's the kind of thing that probably we'll talk about even after we're past restrictions. I think we'll talk about things like whether there's a cluster or an outbreak or whether there's a new variant that we have to be worried about. But we'll also need to really start asking ourselves, isn't it more important to talk about rebuilding? Where do we put the resources that we have to help small businesses? Or where do we put the resources if we want to build back, say, the mental health care system after people had you know, big increases in depression or, mm. or addiction during the crisis? So there are consequences af- after a pandemic that have always you know, been studied and discussed. And we just have to do a good job in the two or three years after this pandemic to help people kind of come back to where they were before, comfortable in their lives, and not just based on the virus, but based on all of this isolation. It was really difficult for a lot of people to be kind of locked up for uh, 18 months and not be out. Uh, Speaking of which, um, regarding the mental health aspect of this, um, Mm -hmm. one of the kind of cool things has been, like, I get to go see my therapist every week if I want. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean, it, I mean, healthcare-wise, right? They they sort of were uh, the health companies or the the healthcare industry was sort of letting people go more often if oh. they needed to go more often, right? But with the the easing of this, uh, I guess you know, I don't know. I've kind of gotten used to doing that and being able to not yeah. pay like nine hundred dollars <laughs> to have to go see uh, my therapist. I, I'm wondering if they're going to be. Uh, backfilling with some of that stuff because I know there are people that are still really, really, uh, really, really struggling. Even as the the physical aspect of this is over, the mental aspect is still lingering. It's the largest aspect I think of the of the crisis now. I I don't know if I shared this with you last time or the week before, but in my ER shifts recently, I'm seeing far more people with symptoms of anxiety and depression as opposed to cases of of Omicron or the coronavirus in general, like maybe ten to one or more. So. That is the prevailing problem that we're facing, and people are going to have to catch up on service. People are going to start going back to the dentist. They're going to start going back to get their cancer screenings, and they're going to have to get their mental health care uh, addressed, which not only was it unaddressed because it was difficult to be in person, like you described, but also it increased in prevalence. A lot more people had onset of depression or, or anxiety syndromes, all sorts of things. We're, so, we're also low on providers, exactly. if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, correct? We are. We're low on providers. There's a uh, there's a concern that there's been a very large exodus out of the healthcare community. We don't know yet where the numbers will land due due to the pandemic. A lot of internists finally uh, burned out, or they were toward the end of their career, and this accelerated their retirement. And there was always a shortage of behavioral health professionals. And so my my hope and expectation just this is what something I'll personally work on is to not just rebuild the mental health care system, but actually augment it and look at it like primary care instead of what it always had been, which was a carve out of specialty care because depression, anxiety, addiction, 
those are so common now that they actually outstrip things like pneumonias and heart disease for some of our hospitalizations. I mean, we're seeing a lot more care for that. And so that just has to be a bigger part of our healthcare system. You'll see psychologists do it. You'll see advanced practice nurses and physician assistants also develop expertise in that area. In addition to the psychiatrists, which will have to really um, do a better job recruiting. You know, we, we did one thing during the pandemic, which people didn't really see as much of, and that was we finished off the build out of the Hawaii State Hospital. And they're poised now to have a lot of extra capacity there. So it comes at a good time because they have the old building still. A lot of people, of course, had been going to that hospital if they had addiction and you know severe mental illness. But now we'll have more services, too, for people with schizophrenia and um, all of those diseases that are really hard to treat but kind of went, uh, they were, I wouldn't say ignored, but they just didn't have uh, the adequate attention that they needed during the pandemic. Mm. Okay. Uh, once again, uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here, kind of giving us the update on uh, what's been happening with regards to COVID stuff. But uh, also, we've been uh, pivoting lately, actually, to talk about uh, things that are kind of going in general with the state. And uh, we're at about the half, we're a little bit past the halfway point uh, in session. Um, and is there anything you're seeing on the horizon that could be coming our way? I think so. I think we are going to see significant changes in wages. I think they will move on wages. I think also there's going to need to be some ethics reform, and I won't be surprised at all if that comes out, uh, especially about uh, campaign fundraising mm. during the, during the time that the legislature is processing bills. That's very important. Yeah, you and I both uh, served. Yeah. You and I both served in the legislature, and I remember. Uh, I remember specifically, like they're like, you're not going to have a fundraiser during session. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and now yeah, everybody's like, well, no, 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 we can't do it at all. And I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Well, some things are changing, right? Yeah. And uh, I think at the end of the day, that at least that stuff is all posted totally visibly, and, and people can just see who does believe in you and who doesn't. And I think mm -hmm. that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, but some, some ethics reform is also helpful, and I think yeah. we can do better on that. This is going to be a period where we we'll probably need to overdo it on transparency and ethics because, you know, some people you know, gave the system a black eye. I, I don't want to be overly judgmental. You know, humans make bad decisions sometimes, but I will say this, that people need to trust that the government process is on the up and up. They need to be able to trust that basically good decisions are getting made. And in Hawaii, there have been long periods of inaction, uh, inaction on, you know, the ability to live here affordably, inaction on building enough houses for people that are actually affordable. There's some basic stuff that we should have done a long time ago, like give us a, some good pay, paid family leave. That kind of thing has to be done. And if you don't do that, people continue to struggle, especially individuals that don't have extra resources. So I'm kind of hell-bent on seeing those things get done. And I don't know if it'll happen this year or if I'm given the honor to serve as governor, I'll be pushing for those things very specifically. But these are the things that Hawaii needs. I think now people are so aware of what our biggest needs are, essentially housing, dealing with the homeless crisis, having it be affordable to live in Hawaii, and some extra opportunities in education. Mm -hmm. Those things, and then the environmental stuff, obviously Red Hill and, and addressing what's going to happen with global warming. There are a million other issues, and they will be fun to deal with, but those core issues are right, right in front of us. And I think because of actually the, uh, because of the indiscretions that occurred amongst a couple of the legislators, 
People are watching more closely, and I think they're going to demand action more. Also, remember this. Every ele- every elected official is up this year because of reapportionment, like everyone. Mm-hmm. All their reps, all the senators, lieutenant governor, the governor, everybody. You know, So this is a time where people should really think hard. Definitely vote. Definitely vote your conscience. I'm not going to make a pitch for myself. I'm going to say go out and vote just because if you have a good, strong belief in something, make your voice heard. And I bet you there's going to be a lot of people doing that this year. Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, once again, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Uh, wanted to pivot a little bit to, um, I guess, what's on the mind of everybody. Uh, and I know we're, it seems like we're really far away from it, but the whole Ukraine situation, uh, where are we at? Because, I mean, we rely so much on the military here. I mean, obviously, they're not involved right now. Uh, but I know that uh, people are kind of getting prepped. So can, can you tell us about what's going on there? I can. Uh, it's, a, it's a tragedy what's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, this is one person's opinion, but I think it's unacceptable in every way uh, what Vladimir Putin is doing. He is in an aggressive way going to cost you know, many lives, and it destabilizes the balance for NATO and Europe to a degree, and that ripples across the world. Uh, the human crises that will come are what make me feel terrible about, and that will affect, uh, obviously, Russia, Ukraine, and the surrounding nations. But it will have an impact on a lot of other things. It will impact uh, the cost of living for people all across the globe. It's very likely that there will be some challenges with fuel there could be some additional food challenges because Ukraine has historically been like the breadbasket of Eastern Europe. They grow a lot. And as the alliance is formed between Russia and China, it will create kind of this tension across the globe. So we'll be prepared to do our part. Hawaii is very important in an amazing way because we prepare many soldiers that have to ultimately go into the, you know, into the war theater. Mm-hmm. And, I think that we are going to stay out physically. I don't think that the United States is going to put any military um, personnel or anything into that region. I'm just only telling you what the president says on TV. I'm not speaking (laughs) about what I hear through briefings. But I will say this. uh, We are in a global community. We saw that with COVID, right, where what happens in Europe will ultimately land on our shores. Mm -hmm. And I think it's safe to say now that what happens in other places will affect inflation. It will affect It'll affect and infect our our society. Uh, I I would say this: if you have connections to the Ukraine, if you have connections, do good, be generous, and and supportive of those who are suffering. That's one thing we can do as Hawaii residents. Saw a very nice story where Ukrainians who are living in Hawaii are already reaching out in a humanitarian way. We should support them. The International Red Cross would probably need a lot of support, and and we will support and appreciate our military personnel. So we've had a brush up over Red Hill. I don't blame that on the personnel. I think these are things that just have to be addressed. But more than ever, we're going to once again be wrestling with our humanity. And it's it's really a sad state that we're still going into conflicts like this over power. Uh, the world should be better than that. Yeah, you would hope, right? <sighs> yep. Okay. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, is there anything else you wanted to talk story about? Anything you wanted to cover? Well, let's see. Uh, We do need to continue the pressure on Red Hill. That fuel must come above ground. I'm beginning to be concerned uh, kind of in a more discreet way about the health of children that were there. I'll probably produce an op-ed piece soon about that. Uh, So we have to hold 
the Navy to account to make sure that that fuel is brought up above ground. I do appreciate uh, what Senator Schatz and some of the congressional delegation have done to get that appropriation to help us. That's very important. Remember that Red Hill is not just a environmental health problem. It's also a problem downstream because if we don't have adequate water, we won't be able to build housing because we need to get water meters for housing. And if we can't build housing, we're going to continue to have these extremely high costs of housing all across Oahu. So there are other implications. It's why these problems all have to be addressed. Uh, That combined with the ultimate effect on homelessness, these are things that matter. And I think that we should just be really mindful that everything is connected. So as we you know, come out of COVID, make sure that we're encouraging people to go back to work, that we can you know, sustain our economy. You're going to see a lot more people traveling here. We've increased by about 20% again, our travelers, wow. as we head towards spring break and summer. It's happening, uh, but it's happening safely. And when safe travels goes away, I think that you're probably going to see a pretty big summer here. It'll be safe enough that, you know, it'll be sensible, the health advice we give people, but uh, make sure people are going back to work because we need really all hands on deck as we recover. Yeah, we're not going to get those bananas numbers again, are we? <laughs> that was spooky, man. Yeah, I, I hope not. I, I think if the numbers get to a, a certain point, we probably should, uh, we should probably curtail that with an impact fee so that we can have a carrying capacity that's more sensible. In other words, Probably there should be some fees that come uh, with going to certain places in the state or even just traveling to the state beyond a certain capacity. And that's revenues that we can use for schools. We should pay teachers better. We should be doing all sorts of things better. And we're going to need to do a lot of work on the impact of uh, sea rise. We're going to have to help a lot of people get up off the ground, move back a little bit from the, you know, the oceanfront areas. All of that's going to be important. So we're, we're headed into a really different era. So I just hope that people um, are ready. There's going to be a bit of change in the air, uh, but Hawaii is still going to be probably the most extraordinary place to live in the world. It's just we will come through a crisis together, and I think we're going to be closer as family. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm uh, looking forward to that, hopefully. Um, Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much uh, for spending this time with us. Uh, we appreciate it, as always. Uh, every week, we can we can count on you like the tides, that you will be, you will be nope. here for us to talk story with us. No problem. I'll be there for you, and I hope to be able to report in in the coming weeks that we get to very low numbers so people can get back to their lives. Yes, although I don't know, it's so funny. The the now we're like a hundred something is oh the numbers are so low, and I remember when that used to freak us out so badly. It's all yeah. relative. Well, keep in mind, keep in mind, this was um, five times less likely to put you in the hospital. So a hundred cases of Omicron is like uh, twenty cases of Delta, and mm-hmm. so. When we were at 1,500 um, cases, it was, yeah, it was terrible, or 6,000 cases briefly. Uh, but we were in a much worse position back in early September when we had, it was like uh, 11,500 cases yeah. of active Delta and 448 people in the hospital. That was really dangerous uh, because so many people were critically ill, whereas this time, we have just far fewer people getting that sick. Not mm-hmm. none, but far fewer. Right, right. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Lieutenant Governor, Dr. Josh Green. Are you working this weekend, by the way? No, I am I was on call last weekend. And it was a really busy shift. A lot of people with heart ailments and things that they had put off for a long time. So if I could just be the doctor for a second, mm-hmm. go, go get your checkups, uh, do good things for your body, get exercise, get back on track, and catch up with your healthcare needs because... 
I want people to be well as we come out of the COVID crisis. And I did see a lot of people that um, unfortunately uh, suffered illness that they probably could have prevented had we not had COVID. So mm. uh, take care of yourselves and I'll rally the healthcare teams to, to, be, be, to be there for you. Awesome. Sounds terrific. Thank you so much. Once again, uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green, have yourself a great weekend. You bet. You too. Take care.